Welcome to the Grace Experience with Grace Wood. Being raised as a devout Sunni Muslim woman, but much like the Apostle Paul, radically saved by Jesus with her own Damascus Road experience. Let's join Grace now and learn the lessons that she has learned from her Heavenly Father and rekindle our relationship with Him. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Grace Wood. Good afternoon everybody, my name is Grace and you are listening to The Grace Experience. Today I want to talk about healing, more particularly how to maintain your healing. Many of us have been through deliverance and healing and yet we still feel the same way, meaning you've been through deliverance and healing and you say, you know what, I've overcome this particular area, but then something happens and it's like you regress. In my journey, I've had to overcome a lot of things and I'm sure you've had to as well. But it comes to a point where you reach a certain age or you realize, you know what, I'm repeating cycles and I can no longer continue doing the same thing. And quite honestly, guys, I had reached a point in my life where I was tired of feeling the way I was feeling. I was tired of repeating cycles. I knew I had to do something different. So I decided that I would go on a fast. And that morning, I remember, I was thinking, I was sitting at my computer and thinking, you know what, God, I don't want to go on this fast and then it'd be like the other fast that I've been on, where literally you're starving yourself, right? You're not eating, but nothing changes. When you come out of that fast, you're still the same. Yes, you may have an encounter with the Spirit of God and you are so excited in that moment and you're elated, but you don't apply what you've learned when you get out there fast because basically the fast now has become like a diet. You just push the plate back and you're not spending time with the Lord. And I knew at this juncture, I just had to do something different. Guys, quite frankly, I was desperate. I was desperate for change. You know, you might be asking, well, what does fasting do? Well, fasting really should take your eyes off the world and put your eyes on God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 16 to 18 declares, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil in your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, you might be saying, well, what does fasting and praying accomplish? Well, it accomplishes much. Because honestly, whether you fast or not, God only promises to answer our prayers when we ask according to His will. 1 John 5.14-15 tells us, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know what he, that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. You know, in the prophet Isaiah's time, the people grumbled that they had fasted. Yet God did not answer in the way they wanted. But Isaiah 58 verses 3 to 4 says that, 
by proclaiming that the external show of fasting and prayer without the proper attitude and heart was futile. Now, that is so true because I'm going to tell you what I did differently. I said, Lord, I cannot do what I've been doing. It doesn't work. Then this thought came to me, you know what? Pray every hour on the hour. And then I had another thought behind that thought saying, but isn't that religious? Well, you know, guys, I was desperate. I was willing to try anything that the Spirit of God wanted me to do. So, in fact, I did do that. And I have two of my friends that were fasting with me. And so um, I said, guys, let's pray every hour on the hour. And so what I did was uh, when I first started praying, I put some music on. And as I began to pray, I began to sing with the music. But the Spirit of God said, no, just speak in tongues. And that's what I did. And every hour and hour, I began to speak in tongues. Literally, it was like my eyes just popped open. The fogginess that I had was gone. And clarity came over. And then I began to listen to prophetic instrumental music. And let me tell you, God spoke so clearly. Or rather... Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He always speaks. God always talks. God, in fact, is chatty. He talks all the time. But when we are going through something, it's like our ear gates and eye gates become foggy. You can't see, you can't hear because you're so focused on your situation. But when I began to remind myself in my prayer time about who my God is and how big He is and how amazing He is and how omniscient and omnipresent he is I forgot about my situation because I focused on him and when I focused on him God began to give me strategies and I'm going to share some things that the Holy Spirit shared with me about healing during this process one of the things that he showed me was that he's so willing to heal us he wants to heal us I had a vision and in the vision I saw people laying gifts and an altar and the gifts were in all sizes all colors and they were absolutely beautiful and i asked the lord what is that and the lord said that's the issues of life i also saw people in the same vision looking back at the gifts longingly and some of them went to go pick the gifts up and i said well why are they picking them up lord and the lord responded and said it's because they're so accustomed to having this weight on them that they don't know how to function without it and i was so amazed and i felt a glimpse of what god feels when he wants to heal us god said i'm desperate to heal my heal my people if only we take one step all god is requiring us is to take one step life is hard and when you're living a christian life and you are following the command that God has given you to love everybody, it is very difficult because people will hurt you. People are going to disappoint you. Parents, you know, people you respect are going to hurt you. And what? how do you respond to that? For me, for example, I'm working on childhood issues. There are some issues that I thought that I'd taken care of. But really, I, it wasn't. Why? Because... When the Bible says, cast your cares, I'm thinking I cast my cares, but really no. I'm like those people that went back and picked up those gifts, which were the issues of life. And then, 
as I was driving and talking to the Lord about what he showed me, I heard Bethesda. And when I heard Bethesda, I went to John chapter 5 and I'm going to read that for you. And it says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and the troubled water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there for a long time, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, I read a different version when I, when I read this and I'm going to find that version. I'm going to read the Passion Translation because it really rocked me, honestly. Now there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years lying among the multitude of the sick. When Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time. So Jesus said to him, do you truly long to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, there's no way I can get healed for I have no one who will lower me into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone jumps up in ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, stand up. Pick up your sleeping mat and you will walk. Immediately he stood up, he was healed. So he rolled up his mat and walked again. What I realized as I read that scripture was this man had laid there for so long that he became accustomed to laying in there. So when Jesus asked him, do you want to be truly healed? Instead of answering yes, immediately he said, well, there's no one there to help me. So, And that's how we are. We become so used to feeling a certain way, to being in a rut. We've been accustomed to carrying this weight. That when somebody asks you, what do you want God to do for you? You don't even know how to respond. How do I know this? Because I was asked the very same question. Grace, God said to you right now, what can I do for you? What would you say? And I didn't know what to say. I mean, really? Do I have a need? Yes. But I became so accustomed to feeling a certain way. And then I would talk myself up and then I would go right back down. If you know me, I don't like roller coaster rides. I like consistency. I like to be consistent in my emotions and really in everything in my life. But that wasn't the case. And do you know why? Because in a lot of areas, I had not maintained my healing. The question now is, how do you maintain your healing? Very simple. The word of God was given to us for the perfection of our spiritual lives. And the one way to maintain your healing is to say what God says. The Word of God is a mirror. It's a reflection of who we really are. You know, when the Holy Spirit was talking to me about healing, He said to me, I'm desperate to heal my people. There was such a, a, a feeling in my spirit of just anguish right now. And I, I haven't felt it lift. God wants to heal us. And I'm going to repeat this. He says, take one step. He said, I will do it suddenly. And I prophesy to everybody or anybody listening to me. That God says, take one step. 
I don't care how bad your situation is by your eyes. He is the true living God. He's the God that created the heavens on the earth. He's the God that wants you to be healed. He wants you to be made whole. The thing about God is this. He's not going to override your will. You have to understand this. When you start praying, and I've prayed these prayers, guys. When you ask the Lord to override your will, that is foolish religious prayers. God is not going to do that. It sounds good. It sounds sweet. You say it so much that you even start to weep. It's foolishness. God is not overriding your will. Do you want to be healed? Take that step forward. And if you are healed, let me tell you how to maintain this healing. So some of the scriptures that I read on a daily basis, I'm not going to read all the scriptures to you, but I'm going to give you a breakdown of one of the scriptures or a couple of them. I read Philippians 1.6, John 10.10, 10, Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 5, Psalms 103 verses 2 to 5, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, Psalms 91 verses 9 to 10 and 14 to 16. And I'll say it until my spirit man responds. You should take the word like it's medicine and confess each of these promises directly from the word. So Philippians 1.6 says, I'm convinced and sure that he who began a good work in me will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, developing and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in me. The problem is this, people are lazy. How do I know? Because I was lazy. I remember telling God, you know, I don't have enough time. I'm a mother. I work full time. I have all these things that I do. And I, can, can I be transparent? Can I just be really raw? Do you know what the Lord responded to me to? He said, you binge on Netflix and you say you have no time. And then when you fall enough to sleep, then you want to give me that. Oh my gosh. It wrecked me. He was right. We focus on things that don't matter. These people that we're watching, these people that ha have created these shows, they have, are fulfilling their purposes, yet we're watching Netflix, binging on Netflix, and you haven't even written the book that God has told you to write. You haven't wrote the song that God has told you to write. You haven't done anything that God has told you to do, but you can binge on Netflix, watching somebody else fulfill their purpose, putting money in their pocket because you're paying monthly for Netflix, or you're not. Am I lying? How can I argue with that? That was truth. God broke that down for me. No, you have time, Grace. You have all the time. You see, time is like currency. You got to use it wisely. God said to me, sleep is a luxury. When God wakes you up in the morning, get up and pray for other people. You know, another thing that I learned during this period of time was this. Is when God shows me something, I'm trying to analyze God. Really? What I've learned, guys, is to ask him, Lord, how do you want me to pray for this? How do I take control of my healing? How do you want me to help other people to heal? It's really that simple. You have time. You're just mismanaging your time. That time when you're sitting and you're saying, okay, I'm taking a five-minute break. Put on some instrumental prophetic worship. I tell you, you go in just like that. And while you are reminding God of who he is, he will give you the strategies and then you apply it, not just for yourself, but to help other people as well. Because this journey, let me tell you, is not about yourself. It's about other people. A lot of times people will go to these healing services and the Lord heals them. And then a couple weeks go by, they start feeling pain in their body again. And they say, well, that man and woman of God was not a true prophet. They were fake. No, they were not fake. 
you were healed. But because you didn't stay in a place of worship, you see what I've learned? Worship is key. You have to maintain an atmosphere of worship. Your atmosphere, you have to maintain that. You have to walk out your salvation. Jesus promised us, in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That means you're an overcomer, I'm an overcomer. We're not consumed by these things that we experience in our bodies. No, you remind yourself what the word of God says. And when you feel that pain, don't speak out so the enemy can hear what you're saying. No, you say, okay, John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. The Lord come that I may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And that means to walk in divine health. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, The Lord has taken my griefs, that's my sickness, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried my sorrows and pains. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed for my peace and well-being was upon Jesus. And by his stripes I am healed and made whole. I am healed. I walk in divine health. And then you tell the enemy, you serve him notice. And you tell him that the only spirit allowed to speak to you is the Holy Spirit. That your ear gates and your eye gates are open and they're clear. That you have 20-20 vision in the realm of the spirit. And then you put on prophetic worship and you lay and you soak. You soak. You put your mind on the areas. You ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the areas to you that need. And you demand dunamis power and the fire of God to touch those areas. You take your healing by force. It is yours. All good gifts come from God. You have to fight. But let me tell you what. When you war in worship, when you come out of that, you are energized. You are strengthened. Why? Because you understand that warring is not difficult. You know why? Because you're not warring in your flesh. You see, for a long time, I've been in my flesh. And I had to tell God, Lord, everything I am, I give it to you. My ministry, my children, every good gift, everything, everything God is yours. And because it's yours, show me what you want me to do and how to do it. God, I don't have any other way. Father, I'm desperate. I'm desperate because I realize one thing. If the enemy could not stop me up until this point, I'm immovable. You have to be Christ conscious. You have to war in rest, guys. How do I know this? Because this is my life. I'm an ex-Muslim. The enemy doesn't play with me and it's constant. And I keep thinking, well, when it gets better, then I'll finish the book. When it gets better, I'll finish the song. When it gets, guess what? There'll be no book or song if I continue with that mentality. Somebody needs to hear this. You are not a victim of your circumstance. In fact, you are not a victim. You are not a survivor, but you are an overcomer. Why? Because Jesus said so. You have to function in whatever you're going through. You have, have to maintain an atmosphere to be able to perceive the Spirit of God. There are people that you're supposed to pray for. There are people waiting because God has put the word in your mouth. But let me tell you something else. If you don't get into position, God will raise somebody else up to do what he wanted you to do. I'll say it again. If you don't get into position and you don't go before your father, ask him, what must I do? I 
can no longer do this. God, I'm desperate. He will rise somebody else up to do what you were supposed to do. You might be saying, well, that's not true. Oh, yes, it is. Saul, look at Saul. He was really a king only for two years. Because the anointing of that left him. Why? Because of his disobedience. God is the only person that can still keep you employed and fire you. Saul was fired a long time ago because of his disobedience. What is it that God has told you to do that you're not doing because you're saying you're waiting for a better time? Now is the time. Now is the time. So before I go, I want to pray with you and just ask the Holy Spirit to help you like he's helped me. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak that those that need to hear this, Father, that you give them the desire to be healed, that you give them foresight and insight, that you give them the desire to want to be whole. Yes, I know you are so tired. Father, renew their strength, revitalize them in their spirit, man. Rejuvenate them. Give them a new wind, Father. Give them a desire to worship God, a desire to pray, a desire for you. And from that desire, burn off the dross. Burn off the dross off of them. You said you will burn off the impurities, God. Make them whole. Father, you are the God of the second chances. Give them a second chance to do what you have called them to do. Father, I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their legacies. Father, I ask you to send people to minister to them. Send people to hold their hands up like you held. You send Aaron to hold up Moses' hands when they get tired and weary. There's so many men and women of God that don't have anybody. They feel like they don't have anybody to talk to or to pray for them because they are in positions and they think people will look down on them. No, find somebody to talk to. God will send somebody to talk because you need somebody to talk to as well. Ask the Holy Spirit to send somebody. Father, you told me that you want to heal your people. So give them that desire, God, to be healed. Give them a desire for you, God. I decree and declare that wisdom is activated in their spirits. I decree and declare that their ear gates and their eye gates are open to be able to perceive you. And Father, as they go before you, that they are remembering to put the armor of God on them because guys, the armor of God is important to put it on piece by piece. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds and casting out vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Our thoughts are now subject to your Lordship. Father, I thank you that our prayers hit bullseye accuracy. I come against the spirit of suicide. I come against the spirit of depression. I release peace. I decree and declare that the peace in their spirits is activated in the name of Jesus. Father, once again, I thank you for lives. I thank you for their legacies. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to thank everybody for listening. And I'll see you soon. Have a good afternoon. We hope that you have enjoyed today's show of The Grace Experience. Be sure and like her Facebook page, Grace Wood, host of The Grace Experience Show. You can email her at experiencegrace2020 at gmail.com. Join us next week for The Grace Experience.